0: Hi, welcome back to Meditate with Samara. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as you know, the intention of this podcast is to inspire you so you can have the change and the inspiration that you need in order to improve your well-being with tips from experts and enthusiasts on a variety of topics of well-being. And today we are going to talk about how important is nutrition and an active lifestyle it is. For your well-being and I'm very excited to introduce to you a very very close and dear friend of mine Sam Foreman he is such an amazing person and why I say that not just because he's my friend but he has this mission right and I quote to the best of my abilities I try to daily build further on the fundament of a future in which I can contribute to this world and mean something to the people around me. And he means a lot to me in terms of our friendship. And this podcast would have not been existed or even thought of if it's not because of Sam. So I'm greatly appreciative of him. More on his education background, he did a master's degree in University of Amsterdam, business economics and euroeconomics and that's where we met. And before that, he took a bachelor's of science in Honningen University, the Netherlands, taking life science and technology in cognitive and behavioral neuroscience. Wow, mind blowing! That's amazing. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Hi, Sam.
1: Hi, it's Sammy. My heart just melted a bit. No, it's uh, it's great to be here again. Of course, we uh, we had a nice uh, nice run in Amsterdam, but. Uh, it's great that we have this way of communicating about topics that make us enthusiastic. Still, because uh, otherwise, life would be a, a bit less fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. What I would really like the listeners also to know, a special thing about you, is I think that you are such a positive and energetic person. And I know, like, I think nutrition and active lifestyle is one of the component that makes you like this very energetic person. But also that. We actually did a podcast together. It was called Positiva Time, and it was Sam's idea. (laughs) And it was such an amazing run. (laughs) So thank you for doing this again in a different format. Yeah,
1: the name is still gold. The name is still gold.
0: Yeah, having a positive time. So I wanted to ask you, actually, what do you think is important with nutrition and active lifestyle? And why are we talking about it today?
1: Yeah, that's that's the, the fundamental question here, of course. Um, well, first of all, maybe it's a, it's an important disclaimer to make because I I will I will be rambling about advice and and recommendations on behalf of the World Health Organization, so credible sources, and I won't be talking bullshit today, but I will be giving a lot of opinions. I think about what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. Mm. But very important disclaimer here: um, I personally value that you have a happy life. So if you Listen to this list of recommendations. Please, please keep in mind that it's all about balance here. You shouldn't only eat vegetables and fruit because life will get very boring. Occasional fries are very important, but we can do a lot that will keep us healthy at this point, but also at a very later point in life. Mm. So then in my personal opinion, I'd say try to have this 80-20 balance, right? It's up a like year a lot have 80% of healthy choices and 20% of nice and comfortable choices. So that's that's maybe a, a very important first. Um, and then secondly, uh, which you also mentioned before, I, I wouldn't know how I would feel right now if I wasn't paying attention to my nutrition and, and physical activity, but I, I'm convinced that it will <laughs> help me very much in my daily uh, activities. So yeah, it really comes down to the fact that you just feel energized that you're healthy at this point but especially when you're older you'll have um, great advantages if you just think about it a bit.
0: Right that is a really good disclaimer and reminder that we must keep things in balance and if not in balance in an 80-20 rule where you do have a little bit of everything but but you want to maintain yeah. it sustain it right if you do a whole 100% the best nutrition all the time maybe you can only do it for a day or two but then you just collapse but we we seek for the sustainable change don't we
1: absolutely absolutely it's just about keeping a a track record instead of trying to switch all the time yeah and if it's it's inevitable that you have to have this moments of uh, guilty pleasures yeah Yeah, for sure
0: so can i ask um how have you always been so conscious with nutrition and um, an active lifestyle, or when did this whole interest in diving into that topic and having that activity in your life started?
1: Well, if only if I was a, a, t- a two-year-old with a <laughs> healthy body. No, no. Uh, no, so my, I, I have to say my parents rated me very well. So I wasn't uh, mish-educated here in, in, in terms of my education um, or my, my raising my parents, but I think that I, as a as a child, I, I received a lot of food with a lot of added sugar because I was a bit of a temper tantrum a kid, and if I got a sugary snack, then I was calmed down a bit because I just had this energy that I sometimes needed to be calm. It sounds crazy, but that calmed me down, mm. um, and I think I I built uh, a dependence on these sugary foods during my childhood. So I wasn't I wasn't uh, fat or skinny or whatever. I was quite uh, healthy but it was just that I noticed that I needed this energy to keep me going throughout the day. Um, And then let's fast forward to when I was uh, 16 (laughs) Um, and I started studying and I noticed that that this dependency was uh, holding me back during study um, days because if you have to study, you have to keep this concentration. So I started to read about how to improve my concentration and, and you very quickly resolve the nutritional facts and, uh, physical activity as well. So, exercising boosts your brain capacity enormously. Um, so, it really started at that point that I had to improve my concentration because my exams weren't going great. So, I um, needed the the energy and the concentration specifically. Yeah,
0: Right. I really appreciate that aspect of you. You're always like this proactive person who seeks to find something as a solution to the problem you're experiencing. And not only just a problem, but just noticing things in your life that you can change for the better to improve your well-being. And that takes me to a time, I know I'm a bit sidetracked, but I remember the first time that we really started becoming friends rather than just knowing each other from class is when we were talking about mindfulness and you were asking me about that Mm. because I don't know, maybe I gave the vibe like, yeah, I like to be mindful and I kept saying that to people and you reached out. A bit. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay, then we we start talking a lot about it, so maybe I also want to ask, how has your experience with quote unquote mindfulness so far since then?
1: Well I, I took this mindfulness class as you as you well, uh, know um, because I, I I am very interested in it but it's it's mainly because I, I very much like to think of myself as a sort of machine that I have to get to know better because it's it's this weird thing that you don't have a control of you you have little control uh, of your life and your thing that's happening around you Um and I like to think about stuff in a, in a sense of how can I optimize using this machine mm-hmm. and uh, making the most out of my day and mindfulness is I think a very very interesting aspect of it because typically our generation thinks that you should run faster to get faster or be there faster Um but I think that it, Taking a break once in a while will get you there faster because you have this durable approach instead of this short-term sprint um, before you get a burnout at 25. Um, so mindfulness for me has really shed light on that that taking a break part and and helped me have structure in how to do that because I had a bit of difficulty with taking breaks. Um, so the way of thinking really appeals to me that you. Um, yeah can take breaks more easier in your throughout your day,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that that has been a positive experience for you. I hope I so agree about the taking a break and then just reevaluating and then actually doing better because of what you evaluate and might be one of that is also how we think of our food and our nutrition because I personally don't really think about my nutrition at all i don't know where to start i eat what i want to eat or i eat whatever is there so i really need the help from you maybe now to to kind of guide where should i even start if i want to take care of my well-being through what i eat
1: yeah yeah that's that's a good question um i think what i really like is the the dutch um nutritional agency let's call it like that um they have this sort of um tutoring plan that allows you to switch products that you might use now or consume now with products that are a healthier choice. Because paying more attention to your nutrition doesn't necessarily mean that you should eat less because you're, you're, you're beautiful the way you are, of course, and all that um, stories. But it me- means that you should pay attention to what you consume in terms of um, nutritional advantages, so vitamins and minerals and having the right types of carbohydrates in your food and, and all of that sort. So where you should start, I think, for a lot of people, isn't to think what should I take away from my my menu throughout the day and make it a sort of uh, well nasty story, and where you want what you want to evade, but make it a story of of improving the the stuff that you consume now with a with an alternative that you might not even notice that you're switching, um, and maybe also reading a bit about the the advantages of nutrition and physical activity because. They're quite abundant, uh, I'd say.
0: Right. So do you have any resources on that? Like, do you just usually Google it online, or do you have like a book that you have been reading um, regarding those two topics that you can share?
1: Well, maybe it's it's really it's really personal, but I I don't really like to read a lot of books of people that uh, dictate how you should eat because I think a lot of times people forget this disclaimer of balance. Uh, I think a lot of dietary books and just well. A lot of books in general, in my opinion, are very dictating. Like You shouldn't eat that. It's all bad. And stay away from it. And in, in my experience, people will just get more worried and stressed. And stress is the most awful thing in your life. So right. stay away from that, people. <laughs> um, so what I like to do is try and read papers because of my background in neuroscience as well. I'm, I'm really uh, enthusiastic about the power of science in, in terms of um, basing what you do on results that have been proven by science. Uh, but the World Health Organization, as I mentioned, is something that I try to research for this type of topics as well because they're just a very credible source of information mm. uh, for both the advantages as well as guidelines and recommendations for nutrition and physical activity.
0: Okay, okay, that's that's actually a good reminder to not only just use your knowledge from other people's experiences, but to have those baselines and maybe we'll. Um, discuss and share some links in the description and maybe where the World Health Organization has this nutrition fact so the listeners can check that out after this.
1: Yeah yeah maybe it's nice to give a a, a sort of summary of the main takeaways of um, World Health Organization topics on this uh, area Um, because of course I I was thinking what what should I tell you guys today why should you bother uh, (laughs) looking into this topic but what, what I found very striking Um, is a a couple of statistics that you can find online um, everywhere, basically. Uh, But I think a lot of people don't know, and it's very surprising that people just never heard of this. So you have this type of diseases, and they're called non-communicable. So NCDs, non-communicable diseases. And these are types of diseases that are preventable by lifestyle choices. Mm. So they're not, for example, things that are genetically uh, inherited, but they're things that that we get because we did something, basically and nzds are the largest killers worldwide so this is about 38 million deaths annually that are caused by these dis- diseases that we can just prevent
0: Wow!
1: Um, and there are a couple of lifestyle factors that you can think of here so it's the typical uh, five basically so it's diet it's a lack of physical activity uh tobacco so a lot of smoking uh a lot of alcohol although it's nice but a lot of alcohol is not good guys Mm-hmm. and uh, UV radiation, because it's, it causes uh, skin cancer. And so if we zoom in on, on diets, for example, for example, in the, the UA, the USA, 45% of all uh, cancers are related to uh, a dietary choice. So red meat, processed meat, is classified as a class one carcinogenic substance. So red meat is as carcinogenic as tobacco and asbestos. What? So very very bad for your health colorectal cancer is the number one cancer case worldwide but it's highly affected by eating red meat so it's a sort of weird thing because i think especially the american society is is very very heavily invested in eating meat right it's still a very uh, masculine thing to do as well but then red meat is as, as bad for you as as things that we collectively is encouraged because they are very clearly cancer causing
0: um
1: so there's this, this this balance between information and what we do in daily life
0: i really appreciate the awareness and the facts that you are giving i am still in a state of shock because i have been honored <laughs> and the moments when i try to do like a week of vegetarian or like a few days of being vegan i i ask you for advice and then it just doesn't stick because I feel my body needs something else. I don't know what I was doing incorrectly, but I felt like lethargic without probably chicken or fish, but probably that was something else entirely. But it's such an eye opening fact, you know, because it's, it's something so important and so useful to know. So thank you for sharing that that fact and that awareness. It really is something that I would like to consider after this conversation. Of
1: course. Yeah, and It's also, I think, a very important thing to realize that it's a really um, um, a cause it's caused by several tracks. So it's uh, the Dutch verb goes multiple ways to lead to Rome. So there are several ways that 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 you can um reach your goal, but it's yeah. the same here. So these health benefits are not only caused because um, red meat directly causes colorectal cancer, of course, it, it, it doesn't directly, it's still a, a case of bad luck, a lot of bad luck, but overall, your diet in affects your blood pressure and your cholesterol levels and your diabetes chances and your cancer chances heavily so if your cholesterol builds then your blood pressure increases and if your blood pressure increases then your arteries are going to be be ripping sooner so that's where heart diseases for example can emerge from so there are a lot of things that are affected here and it's not just uh eat red meat boom you have cancer of course that would be horrible but it's still way too evident to not listen to this story with, with each other and just take it into mind when we eat our first uh, third burger of the day uh, yeah.
0: yeah put some mindfulness in there
1: put some the mindfulness <laughs> there. yeah
0: Sprinkles of mindfulness but yeah I think it is really opening my mind also for another factor because I was just researching before this call okay what does diet do to our mental health and apparently if we do have a poor diet it can definitely affect your mood and your anxiety levels, your depression levels. I guess if you eat foods that are you know, too heavy, quote unquote, you can get more depressed. And if, if you have too much coffee in a day, then you rise your anxiety levels as well. Um, what do you think about yeah. that?
1: Well, even better, I read this research, of, I think of 2018, I'm not sure, where they showed in a meta analysis. Uh, so it's, it's meta analysis are multi year papers, so very reliable generally. And they showed that. Uh, a healthy diet after having eaten unhealthy for a couple of years can have the same effect in people that are depressed as antidepressants. So we're giving ourselves medications that are, have a lot of side effects because antidepressants are horrible stuff. They just let you feel exhausted and very dull and very, um, well, just just horrible, not yourself. Um, well, we can do the same by just adjusting our diet and, and, and living a healthier life because there's this There's this brain-gut connection. So your gut is very important for your brain and vice versa. Um, So if your gut is not healthy, then you will feel worse. And if you are mentally unhealthy, then you will see this in your gut. So you should help your gut by eating healthier. Mm -hmm. So it's a very important connection also in case of mindfulness uh, to also live a um, nutritional healthy life.
0: Yeah. I love that you also touch on the mind-gut connection because I was talking also to one of the guests of the, this podcast actually one or two episodes before this is going to be published Jeremiah Rig and he was talking about his experience with this the mind gut connection and how the gut has 70 to 80% of of your immune system so it's very important to have a healthy gut and with that I'm actually curious what are the things that we need to have in a day like for a good nutrition like what are the baselines of things can you share a bit about that Or is it different?
1: Yeah, no, no. There's a a very clear guideline thing that everyone can follow, and then within these guidelines, you can really um, make a personal touch on this this rough schematic uh, insight. Um, So first of all, let's talk about vegetables and fruits because these these guys just get you through life. That's basically (laughs) the advice of everything you will read. Vegetables and fruits. It doesn't get better than that. So that means. Try to eat as much as you can from it. So, uh, for example, I personally take at least two pieces of fruit every day, but I'm addicted, so it will be probably more. Um, And in in Holland, at least, they advise you to eat at least 250 grams of vegetables per day, but this differs per country a bit. So try to to reach that estimation. Um, And then secondly, besides the amount, try to eat a variety. So don't eat cucumber every day, but try to eat a variety of sorts. And what really helps is to mix, uh, mix colors. So if you have a sort of rainbow scheme on your plate, that's perfect. Uh, because nature j- sort of indicates with these colors what type of uh, nutrition are in, in vegetables. So a, a different color is associated with different vitamins and minerals.
0: I did not know that. That's actually very interesting and easy to remember. Yeah. All color plates. Yeah. Okay.
1: Exactly. All color plates are amazing. So for example, pokeballs, are are very nice examples of a very nice mixture of of nutrition because they're often very uh in a very v- large variety of colors um so that's 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 first base very important vegetables and and fruits um, a lack of fruits is the is i i thought the the primary cause of the direct link between colorectal cancer chances and diet because fruits mm-hmm. and vegetables are just um, insanely nice um so then secondly a very nice switch to make as well, which is very easy, I'd say, is switching um, foods with with low wheat levels for whole wheat foods. So, for example, breads—you have a white bread instead of uh, whole wheat bread—is a very big difference because there are no fiber in it, and fibers keep your gut healthy. Mm. Um, so, with fibers fibers typically do—they're also in high levels in vegetables, um, but fibers in whole wheat bread make sure that you can digest your food properly. If you cannot do this, then you cannot digest the food, but also not the minerals and vitamins that it contains. So it will just go to entry without helping you in that sense. Okay. Um, so you need these fibers to to keep your gut functioning properly. Right. Um, so switching low wheat um, products for high, whole wheat products is very important, and that's that's for bread, but also for rice and for. Uh, you have tortillas in whole wheat versions and all these hipster types of products and quinoa and well, you know, the bunch. Yeah, um, that's very important as well. Oatmeal is just oatmeal deserves a prize and a Grammy and a Nobel <laughs> Prize in in every oatmeal is number one bitch of the world. She's that's she's just the, that contains everything you need, basically. Well, not everything, but a, a lot.
0: But which kind um, of vegetables? there's a different type, right? Like there's like rolled ones and quickly cooked ones.
1: Well, Yeah, so the main difference is just what it does when you add water. So it's um, the quickly cooked ones are just better to make oatmeal if you're in a rush, and the rolled ones are, I think, better when you make overnight oatmeal. So I thought the nutritional difference is not that big, but in all cases, the best is to keep uh, in mind that non processed foods are the best. So no processing of foods is always a more natural version of it. So most of the time, also the cheapest ones. So uh, yeah, just try to, to. get the normal ones right right okay Um yeah so now we're at the the third point and that's that's fats um, so fats are not that bad they're not these bad guys in the world unless you eat saturated fats so there's this difference between saturated and unsaturated fats and then in case of saturated fats you also have these trans fats and these fats are really those are the bad guys So there, for example, in uh, frying oil, so in fries and all fried products in in general, those fats highly affect your cholesterol levels in a bad way and cholesterol clutters your your arteries. So blood cannot flow through as easily as it used to do. So that causes damages in the the walls of your arteries and that can cause a heart disease like stroke or uh, uh, heart failure. Um, So what, what you would like to do is... Is prevent eating a lot of these saturated fats and trans fats, and eat a lot of unsaturated fats. So these are um, in large amounts in in nuts like walnuts and almonds and uh, pecans, but also in um, olive oil. That's the very good one. Olive oil is a very healthy oil. Um, Again, not too much, but just just the healthier of the oils, right? And what you'd like to prevent is the less healthier types of oils. So. Frying also, for example, and the more, um, yeah, the basic versions. So omega, uh, Omega-3 omega and, and, and fats in general are not things you want to evade, but just try to keep away from the fries as much as possible.
0: Thank you for sharing that um, that bit on the third one, because I really want my mom and my family to listen to this podcast because I <laughs> think some Indonesian restaurants, or at least one. And a lot of our Indonesian food are fried, deep fried, and that's like what I've been having Oof. a lot of the- vegetable it's like it's still fried it's it's Mm -hmm. with a lot of things and a lot of salt so this is a great wake-up call because i think this will change my perspective of things for sure already and and hopefully my behavior and and the people around me is there also other um, other things on the nutrition that was the third one that you
1: yeah yeah so another important one is is salt intake um so salt yeah, it's now this is a ve- this is one that really I think salt is is identified by the WHO, so the World Health Organization, as one of the primary causes of high blood pressure, and high blood pressure is the primary cause of heart diseases, and heart diseases kill us big time. Yeah. Uh, so salt is is very highly underestimated as a, a negative force in this story. Um, so what the recommendation is is to lose use less than five grams of salt per day. So to consume less than five grams of salt. But if you, if you look into the um, nutritional values of a lot of products, these, there are enormous amounts of salt added to your food because we eat a lot of processed foods, so fruit, foods that have been uh, yeah, processed in factories. Uh, so, for example, bread has a lot of salt in it. And if we eat, for example, bread with our breakfast and lunch, then you're above this five grams of salt just with your bread without the adding of salt in your dinner or in other products. Well, maybe from a medical perspective, what you should understand of of salt is if you have a lot of salt intake, what happens is that water draws to the place where this salt is. So if there's a lot of salt in your body, then your blood pressure increases because you just have a a larger fluid uh, level in your body, basically, basically, very roughly explained. So that's why, for example, if you eat a lot of salt, my mother used to complain that if we ate a lot of salt on the day that she looked more fat because she just... Hold on to a lot of water and, and then our hands were thick. Yeah, so salt is a very important one. Just look at the salt levels in your food for a while and just calculate how much you get per day and try to calculate what you should eat less to reduce that amount. And then uh, I think the last one, the last recommendation in numbers as well, is added sugar. Because we have these carbohydrates, which are just uh, nutritional um, c- compounds, but added sugar is literally sugar that's added. So it's a form of a carbohydrate, but it's it's literally sugar. And what this does is not only make you dependent on sugar because sugar makes your insulin levels rise, and insulin gets you this sort of energy rush, and then you're sort of addicted to this insulin rise, and you need more of it to keep going. So then, without the added sugar, you 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 will feel uh, exhausted. Uh, so it makes you dependent. But it also, if you if you consume a lot of sugar, you will get a highly increased risk of diabetes type 2, which is also a cause of death worldwide. And diabetes is not not that fun. So what you should try to do is, well, prevent yourself from eating a lot of foods that have a lot of added sugar. So if you have a cookie, for example, you have these hipster biological cookies, and you'll think, oh, that's probably bullshit. But op- often the case is that they just add less sugar, so they're not really that much bullshit it's just yeah. very expensive <laughs> so yeah it's just try to evade these products with with a lot of added sugar so for example switch cola for coca-cola zero And i'm not trying to make an editorial here but just try to 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 consume the sugarless products you'll you'll see in a couple of days first days you will feel very exhausted if you consume a lot of these high sh- sugar products but after a while you feel much better and it's just yeah will prevent you from having diabetes at some point
0: yeah that's amazing thank you so much for sharing all of that I think these are something that should be I don't know educated or I wasn't educated about it that I've never really had like the proactiveness maybe I've been complacent because I was never experiencing a lot of um, sickness fortunately because of Mm -hmm. it but it's such a eye-opening thing to take care of our health because you know why do we feed our body with things that are not healthy for us, right? Because as you said, like we're like a machine. We need to keep the the machine running with with the good oils and what maintenance thing that comes to my mind is what if, for example, the resistance that is coming up for me is I'm inspired now. I'll do some substitutes as you have suggested, but then after two three days, that's gone. <laughs> you've studied, we've studied something along the lines of behavioral economics and neuroeconomics. Do you have mm-hmm. any opinion on how we can, you know, have better self-control or patience? Or what would you say this thing with the problem with diet? Like, okay, I'll be, I'm, I want to do it now, but not tomorrow.
1: <laughs> well, first of all, I'd like to express that I understand people who say, I don't feel like this very much. I have this sort of chronic hunger. So Well, letting fries pass by when people get this shit is very difficult for me. (laughs) I like food a lot, but it's just, I think, primarily um, being convinced about the added value. I I personally value very highly that I will age very healthy because to me, it just seems like a horrible thing that you will feel like you cannot really uh, perform any physical activity anymore when you're 60. So I'd rather have that point in life when I'm 90 because I know that I lived a very healthy life, but still enjoyed it because healthy food is really delicious if you just get used to it a bit. Um, so I think that, that being convinced about that argument is, of course, the primary driver here. Um, but it would also help me very much is that it's, it's a sort of addition of arguments. So besides your physical activity, I personally also value the sustainable nature of my food. So trying to think about climate change a bit and if you, for example, skip that red meat a couple of times a week, um, for each day that you skip eating meat, you save as much water as you save when you shouldn't, wouldn't shower for an entire month.
0: What? I did not know that. Yeah, that's really interesting that you have been talking a lot about nutrition. then how it will affect your your lifespan and your quality of life. And I think that's such an important thing to see and also to you know, not have like this instant gratification of of choosing something that feels good right now to eat with that sugar rush, Mm -hmm. also thinking long term. Mm -hmm. And what comes to my mind, because we also want to talk about active lifestyle, and I believe maybe active lifestyle will also contribute greatly to you looking and feeling great in your 60s or 90s, you've had a long, healthy life. So what are um, the active lifestyle that you have right now and you can suggest to our listeners today?
1: Um, well, my professor used to say that sitting is the new smoking. And I think that's a very powerful phrase because it just, um, it literally is the same problem here. So, on, on a global scale, we're moving less, children are moving less, people have screens in front of them all the time. And we're just looking at television and our smartphones and TikTok uh, the past uh, month, suddenly. Um, and what, what lack of physical activity does is. Roughly the same in effect as poor nutrition, but just through different pathways. But for example, uh, what's really interesting, I think, is that from a neuroscience perspective, it's even 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 worse because uh, higher blood pressure, for example, can be reduced through nutric- nutrition and just um, well making that change. But for example, aging diseases like Alzheimer's are well very difficult to turn around. That's just something that that starts happening, right? And Alzheimer is directly linked to the amount you exercise. So, for example, my grandfather and grandmother are uh, 85 and 79, and these folks have been exercising their entire life—just cycling and just calm exercises: walking, cycling, um, occasional boat, how do you call it? uh, Rowing. Rowing. That's that's word. Um, And they're mentally—they're so insanely sharp and so smarts do and they they have smartphones and you can do everything and they're they're so quickly up to speed it's the perfect example what happens when you keep your body healthy at old age that 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 affects your brain so if you do not exercise your brain will deteriorate as well your brain will get in sort of this vegetative state of of rest and just age much quicker um so it, it it's the it's the logical cause that we all know you will get fatter or you'll get, well, your condition will get worse, but your brain will be affected as well.
0: Wow. I really appreciate your knowledge and your scientific links, because honestly, those are the things that I have not heard of before. And I don't know why I don't know it before, but I'm so glad that you are here today to talk about it and to also share your knowledge with me and everyone listening right now about that specifically
1: of course yeah but it's also i think just this uh, i get really enthusiastic about a topic because i think it can it can mean a lot for a lot of people so um for example in the physical activity area um there's this sort of cycle that people go through i think is that they feel they don't feel well they don't feel energized because of their food and their lack of physical activity and they will exercise less and eat more unhealthy food because they don't feel well and then it's this sort of downward slope, and you will you won't get out of it, right? And if I try to tell people what can happen if you change very small things and just these switches that I mentioned, just small tiny changes, or walking a bit. Don't don't exercise heavily, but just walk for an hour a day. You'll you will feel more energized. Um, and then it's an upward slope because you will notice the benefits and you will probably want more of that feeling. So it's uh there's so much potential in this. For everyone to feel amazing in their life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Not only that, I think even the the bigger, one of the factors that makes it a bigger impact for people listening right now is because due to corona and the pandemic, a lot of people are even more stationary or there's a lot more sitting down. And I personally experienced that. I think Indonesia is not in a good situation right now. Jakarta is in semi-isolation. So, yeah would you um, recommend for people who probably does not have the same similar flexibility because we can't even go out of our houses there's a lot of um, rules about that right now
1: yeah yeah well i think what really helps is that i did that during quarantine as well um on youtube there there's this insane amount of videos uh in a whole range of exercises um but also the the intensity of these exercises also just for elderly people of 65 plus that you can do for 10 minutes a day or 15 minutes a day and it, it that's that that is a nice starting point to begin with right so it's just a quarter of your your hour is not that much um, and people will guide you through it and you don't have to think ab- about it yourself so even in your living room you can do these exercises that will keep your heart rate up a bit and that will leverage these positive effects for your body because that's maybe important to explain. What physical activity does primarily is to get your heart rate up. And when it gets your heart rate up, your body will get in this active state Mm -hmm. and it gets more healthier by that active state. So endorphins are, for example, released. And these are sort of hormones that will make you um, happier. You will feel more happy, but also um, are very good for your stress levels. So your cortisol levels will decrease after exercising. And we all know that Cortisol is is hell on earth. It really affects your body in the worst way possible, damaging everything it can. So just getting this heart rate up a bit, just exercising for 15 minutes in your living room. If you walk in in circles, uh, (laughs) if you can, but just exercise a bit, get off the couch, that that makes a difference. So even when you're inside, which is a very tough situation though, that should be noted, just being on your feet makes a, a big difference to start with.
0: I think that's a, such a great mindset shift because I associate exercising with going outdoors and running and and cycling and swimming. Mm-hmm. But then we are in an age full of resources, as you say on YouTube. We can just do it in our living room, and there's really no excuse because we have a lot of time right now in our hands. And that's such yeah. a reminder. Yeah, I, I feel like everything that you have been saying are just really great benefits with changing and this lifestyle even with the smallest substitute of trying to eat healthier Mm. and also trying to move a bit more because the effects you feel it not only like long term that you can't see but short term too right like you feel generally better after doing all of that what you say
1: absolutely and i i'm i can get very frustrated because for example the who is is educating a lot and trying to educate a lot of people on this topic but I personally think that too much people too many people I mean don't know what they're doing to their body and how they could be feeling better. So I think a lot of people are stressed, for example, by their jobs or by society in general, and then we're sort of tricked by advertising and supermarkets in eating food that's also bad for us. And it's just this profit oriented society and our bodies are just taking in the damage, right? So the the entire system really tries to well not benefit our health. And I, I yeah, I personally feel a lot more energized when I started looking into this, but also in steps. That's maybe an important thing to mention as well. Don't, it's not a one-day fix, of course. It's just something that, that you should build over time and learn about your own body, what, what, what works and what doesn't work. If you start eating whole wheat foods, at first you'll feel less energized because your body is addicted to these sugars and these quick amounts of energy. But in time, you will feel much better throughout the day and have less hunger and uh, are less hungry. Yeah, you'll be you'll be much better, but it just takes a bit of time to deattach your body from the addiction it has developed often.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good reminder. So when we do have that change and we have a little slump, it doesn't mean it's not working and actually mean it's working, but you just kinda have to be patient for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So before wrapping up, I would like to ask you if you have any final tips because I so appreciate your time. And so appreciate your energy. Like I'm feeling this positive energy with all the benefits. (laughs) And not only the benefits and how to do it and also how it works in our body, like a lot of those things I did not know, and I'm looking forward to research more. And you mentioned about the steps that we have to take, right? And what would be the first step that after Mm -hmm. listening to this podcast, me and the listeners can do one or two things in order to have a better, healthier eating style and lifestyle in terms of moving?
1: I would make it a, a three-step plan if you want to get through this in a, an autistic way, which I love very much. So I would make a three-step plan. First of all, uh, for, the, for the dietary idea. So there's this, for example, there's this uh, doctor who is very knowledgeable in terms of which food are better for your risks of diseases. And he wrote a sort of platform that's called How Not to Die. And uh an app is part of this uh, movement and he just gives you recommendations of things to eat per day and how much to eat of these per day and a list of things that are part of these categories and you can just you can just cross them off so you have this sort of guidelines to what you can try to eat instead of having to think about yourself continuously um, but this is just an example that I personally use because i I love it enormously it's so clear but it, there's also a lot of other apps and so in, in Holland there's this there's this Dutch agency that that allows you to think about switching. So this this type of bread for this type of bread, and I think a lot of countries have these online tools to help you think about these food improvements. So first step would be try to find an app or an, an online service that can help you make food choices, so you don't have to think about it yourself because that's more easy to start. With. Yeah, um, that would be step one in, in my opinion. Then okay. step two. Um, for example, Google Fit. I'm not a Google fanboy, but the Google Fit is a, a good example. is an app that tracks your physical activity with your smartphone and will display your activity levels uh, in contrast to what the WHO recommends for you to do to lower your risk for heart disease. So it sort of calculates hard points, and these heart points uh, are calculated to a recommendation for you per week. So you can see if you have to walk more this day because you haven't walked that, that much in the past days, so or vice versa so again this is just an example of an online tool that i personally use for physical activity Um, but there are a lot of apps here that you can use that will do the thinking for you and you could just monitor your your activity along the way and try to improve yeah that sort of basic maneuver and then thirdly maybe maybe a nice final note i would really like to recommend everyone to eat less less meat because it's not only good for your gut and for your chances for cancer but also for the climate change that's happening across the globe because you will save so much pollution by just eating two or three times uh, a week less meat and and save your well your health (laughs) in the meantime and the lives of a couple of these animals so if you don't feel like one of or two of these three major arguments maybe the third one will convince you and i think it will Yeah, it will make the world a much better place, but just eating a bit less cow sometimes.
0: I totally agree with that. That's it. Thank (laughs) you so much, Sam. This has been such a lovely conversation. I just want to quickly recap the three things just to make sure I I remember it also for myself. The first one is using an application to help you with your food choices. And the app that you specifically mentioned was called How Not to Die. Is that correct?
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the There's second, this website with a lot of information and papers, and it's it's awesome, yeah.
0: I'm excited to check that out and try to find and put the link in the description so everyone can access it quite easily. And then the second was to track your walking and active lifestyle with Google Fit as an app. And then the third is to eat less meat, which I will do. I'm telling to everyone that I will do it just to make the <laughs> Yeah, so you have at least changed one person by this conference. I
1: this made my day. <laughs>
0: So so thank you so much for, for sharing your knowledge. Thank you so much for sharing your experience. I truly, truly appreciate everything that you have been giving in this podcast and our other podcasts, which everyone can still listen. It's called Positivity Time on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to more.
1: It's stationary at this point.
0: <laughs> knowledge is still there and it's, it's still a fun time. So if you want to hear more about Sam, maybe you can also look at podcasts. Is there anywhere that people can reach you online?
1: Of course, if they have further questions, they can find me on Instagram. We can also place a link <laughs> for that stuff in there. No, but don't feel uh, don't feel um, hesitant to reach out to me because I'm just very enthusiastic about this topic, and I'd like to talk hours on end. I'm green from ear to ear from this past hour, so it's don't hesitate to reach out if you have any further questions or if I uh, tell me, um, yeah, please do. I'd love to talk more about it.
0: Great. Okay, we're going to put your your Instagram on the description. Cool. Thank you so much again, Sam, for everything. And thank you so much for everyone who has been listening and trying to improve their life by clicking on this podcast, clicking on this video. And I hope that you genuinely had something to take away from this. And if you do have anything that you want to talk about regarding this podcast or for other well-being topics, you can always... Um, talk to me online on Instagram at Samara Farana. There's always that description, uh, the link in the description. And I hope that if you find there's something useful for you, you would like to share the key points to your friends or family, or also just share this podcast to them. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Take care. Thank you, Sam. Thanks,
1: Tenny.